Well, welcome uh, to uh, the second part of our series, Let's Talk Family. And uh, I want to welcome, as Alex said, all of those that are first-time guests. We know each and every weekend it's someone's first time. That's a big deal to Wendy and I. That's a big deal to our team. You're our honored guest, so thank you so much for joining us. If I hadn't had an opportunity to meet you yet, I look forward to meeting you after service. So thank you for, for joining us this morning. And what we're doing is we're, we're kind of on this journey talking about really the thing we care about the most. In fact, all of us are impacted by family, whether you love your family or you just like your family, whether uh, you have a great family or you're kind of like, well, you know, take it or leave it. We're all impacted by family. It's the thing that we care about the most. And, and what I want to do today is I, I, wanna, I want us to look at not just this uh, aspect of family, and it's not simply about finding some life hacks or skills and techniques. And we talked about last week, you can have all the tools when it comes to family that you want. Nowadays, you can have all the apps and, and all the things. But at the end of the day, what we need is we need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need him to help us in our family. And so we're going to look at God's word. We're going to look at what he says. How do we live out family? How do we live this out? And how do we understand what his word says. You see, there's a lot of talk when it comes to family. There's a lot of talk when it comes to family and how it relates to uh, the challenges that we face and, and what it looks like that when we walk through different seasons of life. But as we walk through the season, no matter the season, what does God's word say? How do we apply that to our life? We began last week talking about uh, how do we get God's blessing on our family? We all want God's blessing. And, and it really comes through humility. It comes through humility, and so I want to build on that today. I want to build on uh, what is the next step after we understand what it looks like to walk in humility in our family, because I don't know about you. I'm sure none of you have ever had challenges in your family, but for me, I'll be honest, humility is not necessarily the first step I think to take when it comes to challenges in my family. I think like dominate, win, push, drive, you know, but no, 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 God's word says humility is actually the first step that you want to take if you're going to succeed and win in your family and really see him bless the things that you're wanting him to bless. You see, God cares a lot about families. He, he talks a lot about family, and, and when you look at, at his heart for family, it's one of the things that he speaks the most about. We care a lot about family. And no matter where you're at on the journey in your family, I want you to know it's never too late. You may have older uh, adult, okay, uh, sons and daughters, right? They're not children anymore. Perhaps that's where some of the challenge comes in. It, it, they're, they're adults, right? And, and, and so maybe you're thinking, man, if I would have just done this a little different years ago, maybe I wouldn't be. It's never too late to work on things in family. Maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you're not married yet. You're like, I'm looking forward to getting started. Anyone in here, you're scanning the room. Okay, all right. Uh, wherever you may be in the season of life you're in, it's never too late and it's never too early to start working on family. And so I want to talk about how we build on humility, and, and I want to talk about something that can change the atmosphere of our family, the atmosphere of our home, the environment that we live in. I want you to open up your Bible, Romans chapter 12, 
We're going to get there in just a minute. We're going to pick up in verse 9. But, you know, it never fails. When you start talking about family, at least as a pastor, you know, it's like the opportunities for you to live out what you're sharing seem to increase. Like, legit, there are four or five things currently going on in my home that I'm like, Lord, let's talk family. I mean, I need what's your word say about this? I mean, from from busyness of life and rhythms, and I don't know about you, but for us, when our rhythm gets out, our piles begin to grow. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. And it's challenging. All all sorts of piles. Kids' piles, uh, clothes piles, stuff that you're trying to get rid of piles, your cleaning house, whatever it is. And I'm like... Oh, Lord, you got to help me. I, I, need, I need a little humility, right? It could be, you know, the fact that all of a sudden, uh, this past week, actually two days ago, our life was impacted by dryer lint. Have you ever been impacted by dryer lint? You say, well, what are you talking about, Chris? Well, all of a sudden, Wendy's trying to pull the, 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 the lint trap out, and it, 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 the drum is still spinning, and it sucks like a quilt worth of lint back into the dryer, Well, Wendy does what she always does when something of concern comes across her radar. She Googles it. WebMD, that is her flow, okay? So guess what comes up if you Google dryer lint? It's like news articles of like, get your dryer lint closed. The house burnt down because of dryer lint. So needless to say, guess what happened the next morning? I get up. Wendy said, babe, there's someone coming to the house between 9 and 11. They're going to clean out our dryer lint. I'm like, well, okay, all right. We don't want the house to burn down. And sure enough, no offense, if any of you, that's your profession. Thank you for what you do. But man, I tell you what. They're smart now. They came out, well, sir, it's this price. Well, in order for us to really, really make sure you're, you know, it, we get it all out, and it's not, it's going to be this price, which is about $150 more than the original price I was thinking, okay? And, I, and of course, you know, what am I thinking? Wendy's not there at the time. I'm thinking, okay, love biscuit, don't want the house to burn down. What do I do? Do I save the money? Do I make sure she feels confident the house isn't going to burn down? You name it, dryer lint. I'm going, God, what is happening? Humility isn't my first step. Then I get a text. I kid you not, this cannot. I'm not making it up. She's like, babe, the AC in the van just went out. I was like, are you kidding me? Thank goodness it's 43 degrees in April, but it's going to get hot soon. And I don't know about you, but when you think about temperature, I don't mind being hot. I don't mind sweating even. I like a good sweat every now and again. When I'm supposed to be hot and when I'm supposed to sweat. The problem is I don't like being hot or sweating when I'm not supposed to be hot and sweating. So I think about this idea of temperature. You see, we all want a comfortable temperature. We all like that perfect spot where the temperature is just right. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, think about environments. You've walked into an environment before, and you you can feel when the temperature isn't right. You're going, man, something's not right. Like, there's a little tension, and there's some negativity, and you don't know what it is, but you can tell something is not right. You see, because we all want the proper temperature temperature and what I want to do is today I want to I want to be able to help us that when it comes to the temperature the climate of our family the environment of our home you don't just have to hope oh man I hope everything's going to be okay I hope it's it's going to work out I hope we're going to get to where we want to be you can actually 
intentionally set the temperature of your home, the climate of your home. You see, but we live in a day and age where you can't control everything, but we live in a day and age where we try and create ways in which you can. It's like in your car. Everyone, like, if you're hot, you can, now you got individual controls. You can have it real cold. She's real cold. She can make it real hot. I don't care. It's 110 degrees. There's a prerequisite in our home. If we ever buy a vehicle, got to have seat warmers. I don't know why. It's 110 degrees outside. Love Biscuit will turn on the seat warmer. I will get in, and I'm like, she'll drive my vehicle. I get in. She forgets to leave it on. All of a sudden, I feel like, Lord, am I, did I do something wrong? My, my tail's on fire. I mean, devil coming after me what happened I'm like babe it's 110 degrees outside why do you have the seat warmer on? I said I just like it it's comfy we all have our individual my kids have controls I get in the car and I'm like man what why does it sound like there's a jet engine in the back and I look back and sure enough you know the AC in the back is turned on high it's like, okay it's like we all but you don't have that in your family you can't have individual controls. In fact, just know whatever temperature you set it on, side note, it affects everybody. Whatever temperature you say, oh, well, well she's going to do her thing. I'm going to do my thing. And it's, no, 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 it doesn't work like that in family. You've got to come together and understand there has to be an intentionality. And I want to help you today in setting an intentional climate temperature for your home. For your family. So, so we looked at it. And, and really when you begin to unpack God's word. What is the thing that really helps us set that temperature. Set that climate. The, things that, the thing that changes the environment and the climate of our home is honor. In fact God's word says this in Proverbs. It says Proverbs 18.12 says humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. See, humility is the principle, but honor is the practice. Honor is how you live out humility. You see, it's, it is actually, honor is setting the temperature, the environment, the culture of your home. Honor. That's what that looks like. And, and you may, in the same hand, when you walk into an environment and you go, man, I, I don't know what I feel, but I, I don't like it. You can walk into an environment and you can go, man, I, I, man, I, I don't know what I feel, but I feel something and I like it. I, I don't know what that is. You, you, can walk, and you can walk into a business. Man, I don't know what I feel, but I like it. You can walk into a church. I don't know what I feel, but I like You can see a marriage. You can see a family. I don't know what that is, but I like it. I would... I would dare to tell you it's probably honor. You see, a family filled with humility is a family filled with honor. A business or relationships, a church family, whatever it may be, filled with humility will be an environment filled with honor. And this is what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. And we read the first part of, of this chapter last week when we looked at it. And, and when, when you look at what he's talking about here, and it, it talks about, you know, setting your mind and the things that you set your mind on. But here's what he says in verse 9 of chapter 12. He says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. I mean, he's real direct right here. That's what I love about Paul. He cuts right to the chase. 
And then he says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. What does honor mean? Honor is to to ascribe value or esteem. Ascribe value or esteem. And I love that word outdo. I don't know about you. I'm a competitive person. I like to win. In our family, we like to win. I like to win. I'm not all about my kids all get a trophy. I don't care how old they are. I don't let them win, okay? It's like whatever we're going to do. Go fish? Give me that. I'm winning. We just picked up a new game, phase 10. I'm going to win, you know? It's like whatever. But now they're ganging up on me. Like their, their idea of winning is like three little girls and mom. As long as dad doesn't win, then they all win, okay? Like it's, it's competition. We were on a trip with Camden, and we're like, we decided, hey, let's get phase 10. We're going to play phase 10. It was the victory of the trip because mom and Camden beat dad in phase 10. But just wait, I'm plotting my, my return. Okay, it's like a good boxing match. This is part two, part three. We, I play to win. We play to win. But, but to be fair to the text, that word outdo isn't, isn't associated necessarily to, to competition as much as I love competition and I, and I like to win and I like to know what the target is. Here's really what that word means. In the Greek, the literal translation actually means to lead the way or to go first. So if you're going to honor in your home, guess what? Someone's got to lead the way. Someone's got to go first. But, but that's where the challenge comes. Oh, but, but I mean, Chris, I mean, they don't deserve honor. Well, but see, honor is not deserved. That's what's powerful about what Paul is talking about. Honor's not always deserved, but it is decided. He's saying you got to decide to lead the way. You got to decide to go first. I'm going to choose to honor. Well, they're not real honorable. That's not what it says. God's word says, outdo, lead the way, go first. Well, if they honored, I would. That's where, that's where the tension comes. You see, because when we think about honor, often what happens is we think honor is only associated to positions and people of authority. But the challenge in that is if you've been hurt by authority, then guess what? You don't want to honor. You feel like, well, if I honor somebody, then maybe I'm letting them get away with something or, or <clears throat> God is zero sum. So if I honor someone, then that's less for me. That's not what God's word says. You'll always be blessed. You will build on humility when you live a life of honor. When you honor one another and you decide, this is what I'm going to do. But what begins to happen is we try to self-protect and insulate because we've been hurt. You see, when it comes to authority, we all want to know who's in charge. We're quickly getting to that place now where it's like there's times where we may run to the grocery store and we leave the kiddos there. And, and of course, you know, the oldest one so am I the boss? How many of you got kids that you leave home? You know, they're wanting to know, who's in charge? Can I spank them? No, you can't. Like, you spank your sister, you're going to get a spanking. You're not in charge. Everyone wants, I want to be in charge. Because we think that if we're in charge, then we get honor. But that's not where honor comes from. Honor is a decision you make to esteem value to somebody. To recognize how God designed them, how God wired them, and, and who he called them to be. And I'm grateful, you know, sometimes people will hear uh, people talk about honor. People encourage 
those to honor. And they think, well, is that person saying that because they're, they're operating out of a deficit? I'm grateful because Wendy and the girls, they, they are, I'm not perfect. And I'm sure there are times where I may not be honorable or make it real easy, but they honor me. And see, that's the thing is that, that the honor that I give, we hear a lot about you need to honor, you need to honor, but we don't always talk about what it feels like to be honored to be given weight to, to be esteemed. I'm a words person. So when Wendy looks at me and goes, you my Superman, I'm like, yes, I am. Here I go, where's the Let's go. I can fly now. Now, I like acts of service, and I, act, I, I like quality time and things like that, and I've grown in those things because that's what Love Biscuit like. That's what I call it. If you're, if you're thinking, if you're new to Milestone Church, you're wondering, why does this guy keep talking about biscuits? That's my, that's my term of endearment for Wendy, Love Biscuit, okay? So, so it, I've learned quality time. I've learned physical. She likes a little hand-holding, you know? I'm kind of like, I remember when we first started dating, you know, we'd walk around the mall back when people did that, okay? I mean, and it wasn't COVID that keep people from doing that. You just shop online now. You know, we walked around the mall. We're holding it. I remember we walked around the mall. We're engaged, and she was really upset. I said, what's wrong? She said, do you not like me? I said, why? She said, we walked around the mall for an hour. You did not hold my hand. I said, I didn't hold your hand walking in the mall equals I don't like you? What else? So guess what? I said, well, hey, I'm note taking. I'm like, we going to hold hands, you know? But you, you start to honor, what are you doing? I'm esteeming her when I give weight to that. Not, well, well, that's just not my flow, not my vibe. I'm not into that kind of stuff. No, I'm honoring her, and she honors me. You see, she grew up in an environment where talk is cheap. She grew up in an environment where the things that she experienced in her family, there's a lot of words, but not a lot of action. And so it's not real natural for her to give words. But you know what? She honors me because she goes, I'm going to make an effort. I know that my husband enjoys words of affirmation, so I'm going to give words. What is that? That's honor. You see, but it's hard for us to understand and embrace honor. It's hard for us to make those things a part of who we are. You see, we all have our stuff. No one's perfect. We all, I mean, Wendy and I, our family, it, we ain't perfect. We got our stuff. Our kids got their stuff. You got your stuff, okay? You think, well, no, I don't. No, you do. I know you, okay? You got, you got stuff. We can meet afterwards. I'll let you know what your stuff is, okay? <laughs> we all got it. But this honor thing is not about like, okay, well, I, I got to just have it perfect and have it all figured out. It's not about, okay, I need a, I need a redo. I need to fix. It's not about seeking perfection. It's about looking to God's word and going, you know what? No matter where you're at, the wins you've had, the mistakes you've made, you can now at this point be intentional about setting the temperature, the culture, the environment that you want to raise your family in. You can do it starting today. So how? How does honor help us set the temperature in our home? Well, here's the first thing. What we honor, we receive from. You see, what we honor, we receive from. The more you honor something, the closer you get to it. The closer you get to it, guess what? The more you receive from it. You see, when you begin to choose that I'm going to honor, I'm going to, to, to pursue, when you set in your family, what I love, what our families are doing, what Mike and Lynn did, and what the families at our second service, when they do this baby dedication, are doing, they're saying, God, we are declaring that we are going to raise our family under God's word. 
God's word is the authority. God's word, it's not like, well, dad said or mom said. Well, no, what is God? If, if mom doesn't obey what God's word says, then she's wrong. If dad doesn't obey what God's word said, then he's wrong. If little ones don't obey what God's word says, then they're wrong. Why? Because God's word is the ultimate authority. We take this word right here and we live underneath it. We don't stand over it and pick out what we like and what we want. We don't use it as a medicine cabinet and just pull from it. We wrap our life around this word. And now our life is molded to what this word says. You see, when I do that, here's why that's so important. What I'm doing is when I set his word as the authority, when I draw close to him, he draws close to me. Here's why that's so important. Because a healthy family, not perfect, healthy, is supernatural. We all need God's help to be the man, the woman, the husband, the wife, the, uh, the parents, that God's called us to be. We need God's help to help us in that way. So when we set his authority up, then we begin to receive from it. And so not, now why is that, where does that come from? Why is that so important? Well, it's because that's how God modeled it for us. When you look at the very beginning, the Trinity, the Trinity as a whole is an example of what it looks like to live in family. Well, what do you mean by that, Chris? Well, when you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us make mankind in our image. What God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are modeling is this is what it looks like to live in family, to honor one another. So they model it for us. And so if we were created in the image of God, we too are called to live in honor within the family that he set us in. This becomes the backdrop for everything that God's wanting to do. Genesis 1.28, you continue to read two verses later, and what does it say? Be fruitful and multiply. You continue to read in Genesis 2.18. It's not good for man to be alone. This leads into verse 24 where it says, A man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. See, oneness in marriage is the goal. It's the goal. Well, what is that rooted in? It's rooted in honor. God modeled honor for us even in the Trinity. It's the backdrop for how we live our life. And so when I draw close to God, I begin to receive from him. I don't know about you, but I need his help. I'm not patient enough. I'm not loving enough. I'm not kind enough as a husband. I'm not. I'm just not. I can't willpower my way through it. I'm not experienced enough, okay? Uh, I, it's not like, oh, I, I've, I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and so I just, you know, I got it all figured out. No, no, no. It's supernatural. So no matter where we're at in the journey, just beginning, looking to begin in family, you've had family, your kids have grown up, now they're adults, now they have their own family. It doesn't matter where you're at in the season that you're in. We all need to receive from God. We need his help to live out who and what he's called us to live out as a family. It's a choice. Remember, honor is decided. It's not always deserved. I'm choosing to live this way. 
But then here's the second thing. If we're going to allow this to set the temperature in our homes and, and make an impact, we have to recognize that honor starts with what you can do. Let's make it real clear. It's not easy. It ain't easy. It takes a lot of emotional capacity. And just to the men, just on a side note, I'm not picking on you men because I'm one of you. Let's be honest. Not all of us really lean into like the emotional side of things. That's draining. We're like, yeah, less of that. Whoa, tears. What do I do with that? Less of that. God knew exactly. I'm the oldest of three boys. I guess God knew what I needed when he gave me three girls. Because guess what? It's always, it's lots, it's like, especially with one of mine, I mean, she is amazing, but I'm telling you right now, it's either a dance party or the apocalypse, one or the other. There's really nothing in between, and I mean, to be honest, it can go from a dance party to the apocalypse and like that, okay? It's like, what just happened? I thought we have a, okay, and it's like, wow, it's it's draining, it's emotion, but if you want to set the temperature, you got to do what you can do, and you got to lean into that, and you got to recognize that and understand that it's going to take, because this is what we want, you know, it's interesting, we talk about family as a whole is the, is the greatest prayer request that we get on those connection cards or, or during specific seasons of the church. It's always family. And oftentimes, here's what it is. Men praying, I, I want to grow closer to God so that I can lead my family. That's often a prayer because oftentimes as men, we're like, man, we, I, I want to honor. I want, well, man, if you'll, if you'll draw close to God, if you'll honor God in your life, guess what? you'll begin to experience what he has in store for you. And he'll draw you close. He'll lead you and help you. Women oftentimes praying, self-worth, self-worth. I want to see myself the way God sees me. Well, guess where that oftentimes comes? Sometimes it's the words that you speak, the honoring speech that you have. The challenge is that for many people, for women, but not just women, but especially for women, because words impact in such a way, there's not always a lot of words of honor. That's why, man, it's so important. The words that you say when I officiate a wedding, I often tell them the words that you say are so powerful, they'll shape it. I'll meet men and, and, and they'll go, ah, yeah, this is so-and-so. It's my old lady. It's my old, my old ball and chain. I'm like, man, she look a lot like what you just said because that's the words you've been speaking. But when you go, she's precious and she's beautiful and she's cherished. Can I tell you something? They may not always feel that way, but when you speak those words of honor, it helps them begin to see and embrace who God says they are. So, so what does this look like? Practically, how, how do we do this in everyday life? Well, well, men, you have to recognize that you are so significant when it comes to setting culture. You are so significant. The thermostat, when a man leads in his home, it's a game changer in setting the temperature. But in doing this for over 20 years, here's the thing that's so amazing to me. The area that men struggle the most is being the spiritual leader in their home. And it starts with this. Oftentimes, the way that practically plays out is men often have such an insecurity about praying for and praying over verbally for their family. You want to know why? Because sometimes we just don't know how to do it. And people, especially men, we like to gravitate towards what we're good at. 
We like to gravitate towards where we can win. And so what we do is we say, okay, well, less of that. So I'm going to work more and I'm provide more and I'm going to do more. And all the while she's going, I just want you to be the spiritual leader. Well, what does that mean? It means you come in and you look, it's not about perfection when you're praying for your family and you're praying for your wife. It's about intentionality. Just do it. You, it could be, Lord, thank you for her. She's awesome. Amen. Good. That's a great start. Just do that. Can I tell you something? I'm just being transparent. I pray literally the same, about 20-second prayer over Wendy every single night. Pray over your spouse. Watch what would happen. Pray for your kids. About same one-minute prayer. Every, most nights, there are nights where uh, it, it may not happen. And so if you miss a night, no worries. It's okay. Just don't miss two or three. Right? But it's the same prayer over and over. What am I doing? I'm leading the way. I'm setting the culture. I'm setting the tone. Man, when you begin to do that, something shifts in the culture and the environment of your home. Something that is impactful and it really changes the game for your family. And I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, we can work so hard to try and win in so many areas that at the end of the day don't matter. Let's make sure we're playing for the scoreboard that actually matters, man. Our home, our family, our children. Moms, you're equally as significant as a culture setter. Moms are so giving and influential. Think about it. It, whether you've seen a movie or you hear stories, if someone is passing away suddenly, they ain't crying out for their dad. Dad. They're not telling my dad I love her. It's like, Mom, you know, all these war movies you see. Who are they crying out? They're crying out for Mom. You want to know why? Because moms are so significant. They're caring. You shape culture in such significant ways, Mom. And what you do is when you honor God and you honor your husband and you honor your children, it helps shape the culture and the environment of your home. For some of you, maybe you're, you're young wives and, 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 and you're in a season now. I mean, Wendy and I will be celebrating 19 years this summer. You're in a season where, man, you're like, hey, that guy, he's, you know, you're still four or five years in. He's good looking. He's, he's stud. He's, you know, I'm just telling you, at some point, as much as you love him, he's going to aggravate you. He's going to make you mad. And, and there's nothing wrong with being aggravated. Nothing wrong with being mad. Nothing wrong with being frustrated. But recognizing when and how you do that. You can still be honoring in your delivery. You can be honoring in your timing. You can be honoring in the environment because, listen, if you model for your children, husbands or wives, dishonor of your spouse in front of them, it's only a matter of time before they dishonor you. If that's modeled, if they see it, they experience it, and you're wondering, why are we experiencing this with our children? Perhaps because you're unintentionally setting an environment that you don't want in your home. It happens. And with our kids, you can honor your children. Moms, dads, the greatest way you can honor them is by disciplining them. Because guess what? They're going to leave your home. They're going to be. They're going to be in someone else's environment. They're going to be someone. They're going to be an employee. They're going to be working in different areas. And oftentimes, when you think, "Well, I don't want to discipline," I'm not, man, I don't want them to be mad at me. I'm not. 
think about it. You will set the context in how you engage with them in the shortest span of time that they will actually be in your life. Just put it from zero to 18. They're going to be in your life a lot longer, but I'm just telling you, you honor them by disciplining and encouraging. Teach them honor young. It's like a foreign language. They always tell you, learn the language young. Why? Because the older you get, the harder it is. But when you teach them young and you immerse them, what begins to happen? They embrace it and they live it out. Teach honor young. Don't, don't frustrate. Don't provoke. Actually, God's word says, don't provoke your children. You can. You can provoke them. Push their buttons. You know exactly what it is to frustrate them and what to do. Don't provoke them. Lead them. Don't drive them. That's what we try and do. And listen, I've had to work in that area of my life a ton because I'm a driver. And when you think of efficiency and effective, my natural propensity, my bend is to be efficient. Well, can I tell you something? When you got three little girls and there's bows and hair and accessories, you ain't real efficient, especially getting out the door on time. It's just kind of, and I got to work on it. And some days I do good and other days I don't because I'm like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Listen, I want to be effective. I want another heart. I got to work on that, and I can honor them by doing that, by recognizing when I don't do it right and I, and, and, and I make it right. So you can honor your children. You may be single, and, and, and you can honor your future spouse by honoring God and by pursuing him and, and laying a foundation of a healthy relationship with him. Think about how honor works. Perhaps you are in a season of your life and you're going, you know what, I'm single again, or perhaps I will be single. I, I don't plan on getting married. You can still live a life of honor. You see, because here's the thing that you have to understand. Family, you can listen to what I'm saying and go, well, I'm single, or I don't plan on getting married, or I'm, I'm single again, and think, well, family, I don't have children. Family, this doesn't apply to me. No, you still are part of a family. Because even as an adult, you can honor. God's word says, children, obey your mother and father. But later on, it says, honor your mother and father. Why? Because when you're a child, you obey. But as you grow up, you're going to become an adult. You will not always be a child. Adult children is a contradiction. You have adult sons and daughters. You will always be a son or a daughter. You will always have parents. And you may go, well, I got my parents. I mean, you don't know my parents. I mean, they're a dumpster fire. You can still honor. You don't know what my parents did to me and how they treated me. You can still honor. You can honor them for who they are and what they've done. And you can find something to honor them for. You can honor. You see, the challenge comes when parents don't recognize their children are no longer children. They're actually adults. And embracing the fact that they are, yes, their son or daughter, but they're adults. And that's where challenges come in because that's when boundaries get overlapped. Sons and daughters recognizing parents. Listen, I'm grateful. I'm not where I'm at. Someone told me the other day, they're like, man, I told them I was 42. They're like, 42? I thought you were 26. I was like, tell me that again. I like that. But can I tell you something? I can't take credit for that. That's good genes. Thanks, mom and dad. You know, my dad's 70 years old. Still got a full head of hair, not a gray hair on his head. I'm like, give him praise, Lord. I like that blessing. Now he got gray in his beard, you know. That's why I trim mine. I may have some too. I don't know. 
I can't take credit for that. So you can honor. You see, we can all choose to honor. We can live this out whatever season of life we're in. You see, here's what my prayer is for you as I begin to wrap up, and I want to pray for you here in just a second. You see, honor helps every family. And, and what I want us to do is I want us to begin to say, Lord, how help me. How, how can I outdo? How can I lead the way? How can I go first when it comes to honor? Honoring my spouse and honoring my children and honoring my parents and, and honoring my siblings. You see, maybe even for you, you don't have a real good relationship with one of your siblings. One of the greatest ways you can honor your mom and dad is a healthy relationship with your siblings. Because nothing hurts your parents more than when they see their kids fighting. And I'm not talking about when they're 12 and 10 and they're just like beating each other up. I'm talking about when they're 30 and 28. And they don't talk or engage with relationship or interact. You can honor. But guess what it's going to take? You got to lead the way. I know that's not easy. I know it's not natural. But when you live with humility, when you fill your life with humility, you'll fill your life with honor. And honor is not about whether or not someone deserves it. It's a decision. 